0: Time for Wednesday's hour number two on Hashtag Daily K with your host, Peter Bint. Korean dramas, movies, and even lyrics. Why is the world paying attention to Korean stories?
1: From classics to modern masterpieces, time to dig deep into the charms of Korean literature. On oh, Check It Out with Paul.
0: Wednesday, the 12th of October, Paul Matthews is with us as he's been on every Wednesday for many a month. Are we getting into years? Territory Already now? years. It's like two and a half years. Right. Don't you remember our anniversary, Peter? I do not remember our anniversary because <laughs> what I do remember quite vividly yes. is getting you back onto. One of the shows that I hosted, you know, because the first time we worked together was on Travel Bug. Yes, back in the day. Uh, many a moon ago. And then you're on Daily K for a little while and then you were poached over to catch the wave to host their show. You yeah. left us, you know, no no thanks, no bouquet of flowers or anything. I, I got you a cake. What cake was it? Oh, hang on. Sorry. I got the team of cake and you weren't there. Yeah, Thank sorry about you that. very much. Yeah, So I don't remember any of your anniversaries deliberately for fear that you might burn me again. Wow. <laughs> I mean, what a great start to the show. I know. Uh, how have you been over the past seven days? I'm good. I'm good. You know, we're in the
1: middle of October. It's nice to be here. Um, I, I, I like this time of year.
0: Looking forward to Halloween. Are you a Halloweener? I love horror movies. Oh, you do? Yeah. So this must be perfect,
1: no? I do. Actually, I've got a special thing for Halloween. I'm Uh doing two days of storytelling shows with (gasps) Halloween-themed children's picture books. Okay, so not too scary. No, 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 no. (laughs) There'll be there'll be ghosts and ghoulies, but uh, it's not going to traumatize anyone. (laughs) No. So I'm looking forward to Halloween for that. That's going to be a fun gig to do. What was your Halloween
0: like growing up? Did you go trick-or-treating and stuff at all?
1: No. Back in the UK in the 80s, we didn't really have trick-or-treating. Mm. What we had was Halloween parties. Oh. And I remember we hosted a couple of them. So yeah. kids would come round oh. and we'd decorate the house with spiders and cobwebs and all sorts of things. And everyone would dress up as a witch or a wizard or a skeleton.
0: Nice. And then we'd
1: play Halloween games. Do you have any memorable costumes that you dressed up in? Um, the most memorable was Corky the Cat.
0: Who's Corky the Cat?
1: This is for the older British listeners. <laughs> okay. He was a character from a comic a comic called The
0: Dandy, which the dandy. was one of Britain's most popular comics for many, 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 many years. I do remember that comic series, yeah. but I don't remember Corky the Cat. He was one of the main characters, oh. often on the front
1: cover. Okay. Um, and I dressed up as him when I was about seven or eight. Wow! And my mum took my photo mm. and I wrote to The Dandy. Wow! Um, sent the letter. Said this is my Halloween costume. Yeah. They then poached, <gasps> pu- pu- they published an illustration of me in the costume. That's amazing. And they sent me a calculator watch.
0: Wow! I
1: had a calculator watch at the age
0: of eight in the 1980s. I was the coolest kid, or at least I thought I was. Yeah, I don't think I got that calculator watch until I was at least in the 90s. Actually, oh, I'm you're very such jealous. A loser. Yeah, such a loser. Had those tiny buttons, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. So w- screen. W- what are you dressing up for as Halloween this year? uh i dressed up inadvertently already because i had to film my son's birthday which will air on halloween but we had to film it in advance so we already did it so it wasn't actually his birthday he pretended like it was and he loved it he's getting two birthdays yeah uh and they drew on my face with like you know face paint that you can wash off and I didn't see it until I watched the video, like the edited version from the broadcaster. I look very much like Zangief from Street Fighter. I don't know if Street you Fighter played two. that game. Yeah, Street no, not Fighter Street Fighter, 2. Fighter 1, Street Fighter 2. What was Street Fighter 1 like? Obviously, less good version, but it didn't get like half the accolades or anything, right? Well, no,
1: because because the technology wasn't there. Street Street Fighter Two was a step up because they had better
0: arcade game technology. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, I look like Zangief, and you know I've already got the body of Zangief. You do know him for sure. Let's get on to today's tale, which you said is available for free to check out on the, the the internet. It is. And
1: speaking of science fiction, we've got sci fi today. It is The Second Nanny by Juna, D J U N A, translated by Sophie Bowman. If you search for it, it will come up for free
0: uh, and you can read it to your heart's content. Last week, I remember you previewed this and one of our listeners, I think it was Siska, said, I bet it's a story where the first nanny killed was killed and hence the second nanny. Is it anything like that? Have we spoiled I mean, the whole can... story? Moving on, uh, welcome to the future uh, where humanity is almost completely
1: wiped out and two immensely powerful forces are fighting for control of the solar system
0: whilst a group of um, children need protection. I did not expect that from the title, The Second Nanny. I thought it was going to be some domestic tale. This is no Mary Poppins, Peter. Wow. This is a big space opera. Have you chosen this title book because we recently had the Mayor of Seoul saying we're going to hire lots of foreign nannies so that the birth rate can go up because we can get cheaper childcare? No, no, no! I just I would search for good books and good stories to share. I've got I've got no interest in the Mayor of Seoul. You don't. You don't need a nanny for your cat. A cat nanny. A canny. I am the I am the canny. <laughs> you are the canny. Fantastic. Uh, Okie okay, dokie. Okay. Let's uh, hear something about the author. I don't think we've ever heard from. Did you say Dejuna? Juna. Juna. Yeah. And. Um, Well, they're a bit of a mystery.
1: Oh, we don't know who they are. (gasps) I like this. Juno is not their name. They've also used the name E Young Soo, but that's a very common name, Mm. Um, and people don't think that's their real name either. Wow. Uh, They go by they. Not he or she, so we don't even know what gender they are. <gasps> Interesting. They only do interviews online or by email. This is like
0: Banksy or something.
1: Yeah, and they've been publishing science fiction since about 1994. They've had seven short story of anthologies and six novels. Um, been they also for ages. publish film criticism um, and essays on science fiction. They have been around for a very long time. They're very popular among sci fi fans in Korea, but wow. it's the first time for us featuring them on the show today.
0: Well, that adds even more intrigue to an already intriguing genre of science fiction, I feel. Yes. Is it AI from the future? That's no, no, it wasn't AI in 1994. No, but that's what I means from the future. It's come back in time, Paul. Right? It. They. They, sorry. It's a person. Well, it could be AI. Do we refer no, it's, to AI as it? It's a Korean writer who doesn't want us to know their name. Because they're AI from the
1: future, Paul. I'm sorry, Adiang family. I think Peter's had a bit too much... Uh, I don't no.
0: You had a bit too much red ginseng this morning. Get with the program. Uh we do have a uh, answer to our question Ooh. about father in law. Father in law, the wife's father, yeah, because we don't use it for both sides, right? The same word. Changinodon has nothing to do with master. They have different Chinese characters, behind them. There we go. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, okay. Thank you very much, MHJ two two eight. Uh Sophie Bowman um, I don't know, does that ring a bell? Yes. Because we have featured Sophie, one of yes. my favourite Bowmans on the show. Yes. Good. We featured
1: her with Sungryu with uh, uh, I've Been Waiting for You, I think was the name of the sci-fi anthology. Oh. Brilliant collection of books about two lovers trying to meet up. One's waiting for the other on a planet oh, and the other is yes. travelling by the spaceship to get to the planet. It was a bit sad. But
0: also wonderful. Mm. you one of your faves. Loved it. Loved Absolutely it. Absolutely loved it. Is she, like Sophie Bowman, a sci-fi specialist perhaps? Uh, no, well, I, I think she must like
1: sci-fi, but mm-hmm. certainly she's translated other bits and pieces too. Uh, she studied social anthropology and Korean studies at the SOAS University in London, and then she went to do an MA in Korean literature at Ewha Women's University, and she's doing a PhD at the University of Toronto. Nice. Uh, and she's had a fair few short story translations published in various magazines, and I like sci-fi. It's you, nice to have a bit of sci-fi. You so do I thought I like bring it sci-fi,
0: in. don't you? I do. You recommended to me... Uh, Doctor the hitch, Who? Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I did. If you listened to I it? I got it working, finally. OK. Just on a, off on a tangent, which our listeners don't need to know about, it was because the region I selected was different to the one I up. Yeah, I told you that at I the very up. beginning. Oh, did you? Yes, and okay. you ignored me. I did ignore you completely. And <sighs> I actually had to go on a chatbot thing for like half an hour to find wow. that out. Uh, I should listen to Paul more often. And so should you guys. Here's our first excerpt from the start of the story? Yes.
1: With a clunk, the shaking of the hawk eagle came to a stop. After confirming through the monitor that the spaceship's four legs were properly grounded in the bean sprout garden, Brooke got out of the pilot's seat, put on the helmet of a spacesuit, and went into the airlock. When she turned the handle, a gush of air escaped, and then the door rotated anti-clockwise, opening into the silence. Having disembarked from the Hawk Eagle, Brooke raised her head to take in the structure of the bean sprout extending up and up, with Neptune's moon Triton connected to its far end. This slender string, which was affixed to the moon above, was so long it was stupefying. From here, Triton looked like a completely different world. Accompanied by five bugs that had crawled out of the hawk eagle, relying on artificial gravity generated by centrifugal force from the bean sprout, Brooke slowly walked through the garden that was laid out like an exhibit around its trunk. Brooke had only been five years old when Auntie Autumn had first brought her here, and back then, it looked totally different. The shaft of the bean sprout had been much thinner, and the garden hadn't existed. With the passing of 11 years, the bean sprout had gradually thickened, transforming everything around it. Apparently, the bean sprout was an idea from the 20th century. Scientists had longed to get at Titan, one of Saturn's moons, more than any place else. It was a repository of hydrocarbon, but they hadn't been able to send a rocket there. Just one tiny spark and the rocket would have exploded, along with the whole atmosphere. Then someone had thought up the idea of erecting an orbit elevator to get at Titan's treasures, but no one had managed to come up with an answer to the question, how? When the mothers of the outer planets had found the answer and began constructing orbit elevators on their moons, humans gave up on trying to pillage the far reaches of the solar system. Having grown like a plant from both sides of an asteroid that Mom snagged into geostationary orbit, Triton's bean sprout still looked more like an enormous black tree trunk than a machine or structure. Jack and the beanstalk. On Earth and Mars, they still called it Triton's beanstalk. Every time Brooke heard this, she wanted to correct the speaker. It's bean sprout.
0: Welcome to Arirang Radio. If
1: you are in Jeju. 88.7 in Jeju City.
0: 88.1 in Seogwipo City.
1: 101.9 in the Daejong area.
0: Arirang Radio. I love the spooky music in the background as well. I'm really imagining I'm on some outer moon on a planet that bean sprout thing was really a bit confused and I'm still confused but I can picture it now they described it as a big black kind of tree trunk it's a bean sprout this gets is it a real bean No sprout? it don't know but it looks no. like a bean sprout jokey not a bean stalk definitely not a bean stalk don't call it a bean stalk Brooke will get very angry that's very interesting they've done this in english like that i wonder what the korean was like kong namu is bean sprout but what did they i wonder have for being stalked. There must be a different word, I guess, right? I guess so. I don't know. I only read the English. That's why we've got Sophie Bowman to thank for this. Ask her. Sounds like a great translation to me. It is. It's very good. I don't know if I would, to be honest, pick up a book like this where, you know, it gets very technical about the sci-fi here. Is that what a lot of this book revolves around like explaining the situation all the no, technology no, it's, a, it's
1: a proper epic adventure so don't wow. worry
0: just enjoy enjoy it. you don't have to understand all of it is it a long tale no oh okay good stuff uh, so brooke is brooke human is she a surviving human? What are the bugs? Are those real bugs? Is that something we can just disregard It's not important to the story?
1: Oh, they'll, they'll become important. They're spiders. Oh. Not, not actual spiders, but robot spiders. Oh, and what about Brooke? Is she a robot person? Uh, no, she's a, she's a person, but she's not a human. Oh. She's been created. Oh. And she's a little bit different. She's human in form, okay. but not actually human. Interesting. And uh, she's part of a colony
0: manu- of manufactured children mm-hmm. that has been set up by the mother of Neptune. When we say the mother as well, are we meant to understand what that means? I was a bit confused. We find out uh-huh. these mothers, are mothers of the planets in the solar mm-hmm. system,
1: They are vast AI intelligences. Oh. And they sort of control the planets. Okay. And they have uh, uplinks um, between the children and mother. So mother can communicate and give them orders and tell them what to do. It's little like robots. Exactly. And so mother has told her to go to this spot to intercept a spaceship that's made an emergency landing. Okay. And inside there is an actual human. A human who's come from Mars. Her name is Sorin. And mum gives permission for Brooke to take her back to the colony. Mm-hmm. And she settles there in as their second nanny. Brooke
0: as Sorin's nanny? or uh, Sodin as, as the children's nanny. The nanny of these AI or these robots? No, they're not robots. They're actual children, but they're not human. Okay, this is confusing me already. No,
1: it's not. Look, they're alien And Sorin's
0: like an adult. Yes. Okay, second nanny. Why yes. second nanny, by the way? The first already... one
1: died, Siska got it right. Oh really? Yeah, Auntie <laughs> good... Autumn died a couple of years ago. Okay. And Brooke is one of the oldest of the sisters. Mm. They're all they're all girls, no okay. boys here. And so she's been looking after the kids. Um but Sorin seems to have come uh to look after them. She's from the same clan as Auntie Autumn. So they have humans to be
0: nannies.
1: It seems that way. It's all very mysterious. Yeah. And actually, the children are unsure why Sorin has come and why mom didn't let them know. Because mm-hmm. they can communicate with her, but Mother Neptune doesn't want to explain. Oh. And we learn a little bit of Sorin's past. She escaped Earth after the Fathers, with a capital F, final war began. These Fathers, we never are quite sure, but I think these are also artificial intelligences, uh-huh. um, killed each other until only two were left. Okay. One named Chaos, one named Order. Okay, nice uh, names. They fought and destroyed each other. Billions of humans died. Oh, no. Um, many tried to escape. And the mothers of the planets in the solar system had to protect themselves. Mm-hmm. But things go wrong. A group of the older kids are out in space supervising mm-hmm. the building of this new structure, this very long bridge yeah. um, by the colony's robot spiders, these bugs. Okay. But suddenly, one by one, the spiders' behaviours start to change. <gasps> they become aggressive. Oh. And they start to attack the
0: children. Are they, like, influenced by the fathers? Are they somewhere, well, bad? You're on it today, <gasps> aren't you? Oh, Yeah. Only Brooke and another are able to escape
1: alive. Okay. And Sorin, back at the colony with the other children, sees it happen on video, <gasps> quickly gets the batteries out of the spiders that are there. Good. So the children are safe. <gasps> one of the fathers... Is not dead. Oh rather, his consciousness was spread into individual pieces that float through space like a fog. Wow. And now this fog or this ghost of the father has infected the spiders oh, with I him. This. Yeah. And the thing is, it turns out Sonny actually knew this was gonna happen. That's oh, why she's human. here. Okay. Yeah. She she's keeping her promise to Auntie Autumn that she would protect the children. Because these kids were actually designed by Auntie Autumn. The idea was they would make humans that were better than humans, humans that would never make something like
0: a father. It's a really interesting coincidence. My son's birthday, as I mentioned, is like Halloween, and he's having his second birthday there. He wants a little robot pet. Yeah. You know, which... It's not artificial intelligence, but it's quite clever and it can, you know, respond to your hand signals and stuff. And so I I said to him, what if it, you know, turns evil? And he was like, let's just take the batteries out and kill it. And I was like, what if it has feelings? And he was like, oh, then what do we do? Well, you should just take out the batteries like sodding. Okay, that seems to be the answer. Let's learn about (laughs) death together (laughs) with these spiders infected with fathers. Let's get to our second reading.
1: After arriving at the colony, Sorin had begun to search for traces of Autumn. The seed of Honorata Rodiani that she had hidden in the colony had been dying, and Autumn's daily log and other records proved dull and mechanical, just like the messages Sorin had received from her over the years. When Sorin had finally given up searching, she came across a scribble on the floor of a storeroom etched with Autumn's pen, and at that moment she'd been unable to stifle the tears that burst out of her. I am in God's heart, but how can I be sure that here is there? And how indeed could Sorin know whether Autumn's children were the same children the two of them had dreamed of all those years ago? That was what Sorin wanted to know. These children were markedly different to the children of Earth and Mars. They had no sex differentiation, and now when all reproduction was performed by incubation tanks, they experienced no real infancy either. But were they rational enough to never create a father? Could they really be biologically liberated from deep-seated delusions like religious faith? Sorin had no way of knowing, Neptune's children were as confusing and alien to her as the children of Earth. Perhaps one month was simply far too brief a time to uncover what meaningful differences existed between them and humans. That wasn't important right now. What came first was helping the children so they could save themselves. 308 of them had been left in this tin can spinning in space with their protective barriers stripped away and far off in the void, evil dust motes were coming for them. Information continued streaming in about what was happening out on the bridge. The spiders had altered the spider egg sac on the bridge and were using it to modify themselves. They were now capable of flight.
0: This sounds ripe for a movie to me. It does. It's, it's very, am- very cinematic. Amazing, isn't it? It's ripe for an episode of Doctor Who, I tell you. <laughs> the spiders, then, they've been turned by that father-like consciousness fog. Are they trying to kill all the the children, quote-unquote? Are they trying to kill
1: them or are they trying to capture them? They're certainly trying to get to them. Oh. Uh, yes. They're okay. coming for the colony. And Father has managed to gather enough of himself together to manifest in physical form. Ooh. And so what follows is this fight for survival. Sorin's got to protect the colony at all costs. Mm-hmm. But Mother Neptune is radio silent. Oh, There's no. no communication at all. No help is on the way, it seems. Oh dear. But Sorin has a daring plan. She manages to capture a few of the brains of Father's spiders mm-hmm. when they infiltrate the colony. Okay. And she even manages to plant an AI of her own in one of his ships that can spy for her. Oh, wow. And meanwhile, Brooke and the other children are fighting for survival. Sorin is helping them as much as she can. And she even manages to give them a way to stop father taking control of them,
0: if worst. Comes to worst. Wow, Sodin sounds like a genius. Yeah, considering she's just a human compared to all this AI. Just a human. Yep. Just a human. We are gonna You've bend. Obviously, never seen Doctor Who if you say something like that. We're gonna bend the knee to AI sooner than you think, Paul. Now, now. all about Korea. Korea.
1: Arirang Radio. from a drawer below the circuit tester. saw and lifted a cardboard box. This is a kind of bug I've adapted. If you place it on your tongue, it will penetrate the roof of your mouth and burrow up until it destroys your connection devices. I should have issued you with them a bit earlier, but they took a while to make. It's still not too late, so I'm going to pass them around now. There's no need to use them right away. Be prepared for the possibility that Mother might make direct contact with each of you at any moment. These bugs were a last resort. There's a high probability that Mother has been keeping silent until now to protect herself. But there's no way she will stay put like this until Father conquers the colony and then takes aim at Triton. That would violate the aim of self-preservation. She'll definitely take some kind of physical action and Father in turn will anticipate that action word came from Greengrass a little while ago. Father spiders are in the hangar now, repairing the hawk eagles by attaching spider brains where the heads were removed and repositioning the neural networks. A few hours from now, the fully repurposed hawk eagles and the spiders with flying devices will depart to join father and escort him back here, protecting him in the event of the assault that may come from mother as he approaches. A space battle that could change all of your fates is about to commence, and right now, from where we are, there's absolutely no way to foresee its outcome. But my duty is to steer the situation in your favour, by whatever means possible. There was silence for a while. The twelve children gathered around Sorin had no idea what to say. It was Brooke who finally spoke up. Why the hell are you doing all this? What? Why did you come to help us when the clan apparently doesn't even exist anymore and you don't know anything about us? Why did you come here? For a moment, a faint, cryptic expression swept across Sorin's face. But through her helmet, it was difficult to read its meaning. Sorin pushed her chair back a little and responded quietly. Because you're Autumn's children.
0: So, what happens? Who wins? Father, mother, children?
1: Well, I'm going to introduce another character at this point. Oh! And their name is None Your Business. <laughs>
0: Do we not know? Is this where it ends? I'm not going to tell you. You've got to go read the story. It's free. Is there more? The story is free. Is there more to it? There's more to it. This is not the end of the story. More happens. Um,
1: Sorin has to make the ultimate sacrifice. But will that succeed or not? (gasps) You're going to have to read to find out. I know sometimes I introduce books that can cost a little bit of money, Mm -hmm. and not everyone can afford it. But I think everyone who's listening to anyang Radio probably has access to the internet, yeah, even though it may be slow. Mm-hmm. So, I'm not going to spoil this story. Oh. Go and read it. I think it's brilliant. It's great to have this exciting little sci-fi story. Yes, there are a few technical terms in there. Mm-hmm. But... The story is cinematic, as you said, Wow. and it's really, really interesting. It's like this big, thrilling space epic, and it offers us a frightening possible
0: future where humans are nothing compared to the vast power of AI, which I, I assume you're preparing for as we speak yeah but they're also kind of showing they're still kind of essential with soren being their nanny so exactly to speak. so oh. it's it's really really interesting and it feels really relevant to korea today for two reasons oh. do we it? know by the way like a timeline when this is set no. no no it's the okay. future okay okay can I, can I continue after
1: being rudely interrupted? Myth- yeah, sure. Okay, yeah. the first reason is AI is taking over our lives. Whether we like it or not, um, mm-hmm. our days are ruled by our smartphones. Yeah. You are never off yours in the song breaks. I'm sorry. Um, and whether we like it or not, the algorithms mm. that are around in social media or search websites or wherever, they push us to make decisions that maybe we think are free choices
0: but are not as free as we assume. Yeah. We're being led this way and that way. Already, right? Yeah. If you don't think that, I think you're mistaken.
1: Yes. Of course, we still have free will and free choice, but we are influenced. free will. No such thing as free will. All right. Don't get Russell Brand on me. Um, Secondly, Korea is dealing with a rapidly aging population, and Mm -hmm. we've got a record low rate of birth. Yeah. This year has seen record lows of births. Mm hmm. And in recent years, we've also seen increasing online hostility when it comes to certain issues like gender equality or feminism. Yeah, it's very polarised. Yeah, um, and especially in recent weeks, if you've been following the news, that the subway station murder in particular has mm-hmm. raised all sorts of discussions. Um, and sometimes it feels like fathers, in quotation marks, and mothers, in quotation marks, already battling and wanting to destroy each other. Yeah. This story sort of touches on aspects of Korean society and on world society as well. Wow. This is a relatively recent release, uh, I'm not sure okay. of, of when the original Korean story was released, but I think uh, certainly in the 20 years,
0: 22 years I've been in Korea, this has always been a hot topic, a hot issue to talk about. Yes, yeah, maybe bubbled up to the surface more so now than ever. Um I don't know, I hope it doesn't end up like this tale. It seems like the annihilation of one side is needed rather than the persuasion to come back to something more reasonable.
1: Well, science fiction is often commentary on real life, but also a warning
0: to us. Mm -hmm. We don't have to end up like this. Yeah, MHJ says, isn't there some more optimistic sci-fi out there? No! And also... Isn't every scientist, when they're eager to advance science, science, they're trying to make the world a better place? Not every scientist. Not every scientist. If you is watch like James that. Bond and other movies like that. There are some evil scientists, genius out there. But
1: there, there are there? also scientists who who were who were doing science for the sake of science, not
0: for the sake of mankind. Yeah, just seeing how far it goes, right? Just just seeing if they can do something, not whether they should or not. That sometimes exactly is the question that needs to be asked. But you isn't know what? It? As Jeff Goldblum always says, mm-hmm. life um, finds a way. That's what you're going to say. It's like a box of chocolates. No, that's Forrest Gump. But that is also, I think, a Jeff Goldblum coot, isn't it? That the, the scientists, they're, they're just trying to see if they can rather than if they should. Yes. From Jurassic Park. Uh, AI. Wow, you know. Yeah, it's, 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 it's worrying how quickly we've come to this point in our society. Yeah, you saw that news article, right, a couple of months back, of that uh, G. Oogle employee who said they think the chatbot was sentient already. Yeah, but that was poo-pooed pretty quickly. <laughs> um, but
1: we're, we're getting there. Mm. We're getting there. And science fiction is actually quite good at predicting what the future might be. Mm. Blade Runner is not where we are right now, but there are aspects of Blade Runner that have come true yeah. that, that we can easily see in our lives today. And Harrison Ford is still around, thank
0: goodness. <laughs> yes, he is. I, I, I don't know where I stand with artificial intelligence. And, you know There are some experts who are really pessimistic, who are saying, you know, this is going to be the end of us and it's already too late. And there are some that are very hopeful and we're going to be able to kind of bend it to our will and it's just going to help society. It's going to be all rainbows and unicorns. I think, as usual, the truth is probably somewhere in the middle, Yeah, but we do have to be very careful not to end up with all these robotic spiders getting possessed, I feel.
1: I I think we also have to remember that we weren't the first dominant species on Earth and we're not going to be the last. Mm,
0: We may have our time in the sun, but humans will not be around forever. Yeah, that's a scary thought, isn't it? When AI can make the better decisions for the good of the universe, maybe not for the good of the human race... Do we just go quietly into the night, so to speak, if that's what they think is necessary? I'm not sure at the moment. I'd quite like an AI for Prime Minister of the UK. <laughs> Might make a better, a better choice than the one we've got at the moment. Maybe it's a malfunctioning one there already. Who knows? Thank you so much for your reading today. <laughs> thank you. Thank you to everyone. Thank you to the Literature Translation Institute
1: of Korea for the help with copyright permission for this broadcast. Thank you to Juno for their story and to Sophie Bowman for her excellent translation. I will be back next week with another book. It is Aficionado, translated by Anton Her, and it is written by uh, a Korean author we've not covered before, Jung Young Soo. Aficionados is the name. Okay. Uh, if you search for that, it is available for free in Korean
0: and English. Great stuff. Have a wonderful week, and we'll see you next Wednesday. Bye bye. You can listen to Check It Out with Paul Matthews on Arirang Radio's Hashtag Daily K every Wednesday from 10 a.m. KST.